1: That's Audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, tornado watches and warnings on the East Coast as the remnants of Hurricane Nicole drench major cities. Heavy rain and isolated flooding forecast from Georgia to Southern Canada. Plus, the news about the cold front on the way. CBS's Elise Preston reports tonight from Florida. Counting the vote, the latest results from the races that could decide control of Congress. Plus, CBS's Major Garrett with breaking news about Donald Trump's next move. Ukrainians celebrate as their troops liberate an area under Russian control for eight months. CBS's Chris Livesay is in Ukraine. Cryptocurrency wipeout, the major exchange backed by celebrities and athletes, files for bankruptcy. The 30-year-old CEO resigns after losing nearly $16 billion. CBS's Vladimir Duche reports on the losses. I am probably never going to trust any exchange anymore. No more student loan forgiveness. A federal judge strikes down Biden's plan to relieve college debt, the new details. And honoring our heroes with an on-the-road story about paying it forward for patriots.
1: That's my goal, and it will be until the day I die.
3: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's
1: capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night, Veterans Day. Tonight, we come on the air with severe weather impacting millions of Americans. Post-tropical cyclone Nicole is unleashing torrential rains across the eastern half of the country. The storm, which made landfall as a rare November hurricane, caused unprecedented structural damage along Florida's Atlantic coast. Heavy rains with possible flooding is tracking from the central Appalachians to New England later tonight and into Saturday. In Florida, residents are still picking up the pieces after a dangerous storm surge washed away the Foundations from several beachfront homes, causing them to collapse into the Atlantic Ocean. CBS's Elise Preston will start us off tonight from the hard hit community of Wilbur by the Sea. Good evening, Elise.
4: Good evening, Nora. A giant hole is all that's left where the back half of this family's property once stood. And families along the shore fear further collapse as erosion from Hurricane Nicole washed away sand from beneath their homes. Tonight, residents along Florida's east coast are wondering what comes next. The most breathtaking moment for me personally was yesterday morning at light of day. In the coastal town of Wilbur-by-the-Sea, Kate Rose spent the day trying to salvage what Florida's first November hurricane in 37 years didn't already take with it. For sure, it's catastrophic. It's the force of nature. Nearly half the property that has been in her family for about 40 years simply slid into the Atlantic. It gave us a sense of stability. But that stability is now compromised. Figuratively and literally, yes. Rose's home is one of 49 buildings already condemned by inspectors on this barrier island. Two dozen hotels and condos are rendered unsafe. Nicole is now considered a post-tropical cyclone, dumping heavy rain and triggering tornado warnings as far north as Virginia. Here in Florida, residents say Nicole finished what Hurricane Ian had started in September. Already weakened storm walls finally washed into the ocean. Storm erosion undermined the foundations of scores of waterfront homes. We're not gonna let this be the end of it. Rose and her family won't be able to live here anytime soon, but tonight, that is not their focus. This
5: has been a lesson in reminding me of what's really important. It's
4: family, it's, it's not things. Much of the sand on the beaches will need to be restored, likely costing into the millions. That doesn't include rebuilding the seawalls to better protect these properties.
2: Nora. Elise Preston, thank you so much. Well, that storm is now tracking north. So let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike.
6: Nora, good evening. Nicole, significantly weaker. In fact, now considered a post-tropical cyclone, but still bringing us significant rain from the southeast of the Ohio Valley and right into the northeast. Very rainy throughout the night and through the day on Saturday, but very balmy as well. Temperatures here are really soaring for us. In a lot of places, we're gonna see temperatures into the 70s, but a lot of rain that comes along with it, particularly a swath from say Pittsburgh up to Burlington, we'll see two to three inches of rain. And then there's a significant cool down for most of the country with the exception being the Northeast. Temperatures into the 70s this weekend, but then the big cool down comes after that. Check out some of these numbers. 73 million Americans tomorrow morning below freezing. By Monday, Nora, that number is 155 million, and for some, it also brings snow.
2: Burr. A cold. All right, thanks, Mike. From the weather forecast to the political storms brewing in Washington and across the country, ballots are still being counted with control of the Senate and House still up in the air. Republicans are inching closer to the magic number of 218 to take back the speaker's gavel, but it could take several more days. Several sources tell CBS News that former President Trump plans to announce a third bid for the White House on Tuesday from his Florida home at Mar-a-Lago. We get more now from CBS's Major Garrett.
7: Ahead of Tuesday's announcement, sources say former President Trump is increasingly bitter at potential rivals and infuriated at being blamed for GOP midterm failures. He has attacked both Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a new favorite among wealthy Republican Party donors, and Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, a fresher and less Trumpian rising star. Trump called DeSantis an average governor who lacks loyalty and class for refusing to rule out a 2024 run. Mike Pompeo, Trump's former secretary of state and potential 2024 rival, took aim, saying conservatives are elected when we deliver, not when we just rail on social media. As for Youngkin, Trump today launched a racist attack against him, misspelling his name and asking, quote, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Privately, top Republicans told CBS they were appalled at the post and saw it as evidence of Trump's deepening anger and isolation. Um, Youngkin did his best to ignore it.
5: I do do not uh, call people names. That's not the way I roll and not the way I behave.
7: Several GOP voices muffled before the midterm verdicts now describe Trump as a distracting, fading party figure. His influence wanes and a debacle like we had across the
6: country Tuesday night from a Republican point of view accelerates the pace at which
3: that influence wanes.
7: They point to his preferred candidates in Pennsylvania, New Hampshire and Michigan all losing and concern that other Trump endorsees in Arizona and Nevada could lose Senate races currently too early to call. Uh, This is a time that Donald Trump is no doubt in the rearview mirror and it's time to move on with the party. Long-time GOP critics said this Trump reckoning was inevitable.
4: Talk about Donald Trump uh, these days as the biggest loser. As a party, we need to be clear that we would not be, we should not be embracing him even if he were a winner. I think if Donald Trump becomes the nominee of the Republican Party, the party will shatter.
7: All this makes Trump more eager than ever to announce and fight back. Now, there's history here. GOP veterans of the Trump effect know well the party has turned against him before, only to retreat. It happened after the Access Hollywood revelations, after Charlottesville, and after January 6th. And, Nora, all indications are the GOP is facing yet another wrenching intra-party fight with Trump at the dead center.
2: Wow, that'll be something to watch. Major Garrett, thank you. Well, tonight, the Biden administration has stopped accepting applications for the federal student loan forgiveness program. That's because a federal judge from Texas ruled it unconstitutional on Thursday. The program, which would erase up to $20,000 of debt for those who qualify, was already on hold after a previous decision. The Department of Justice says it will appeal. Turning now to what the president of Ukraine is calling a historic day for his country. Celebrations are taking place in the streets after Ukrainian troops recaptured the key southern port city of Kherson, making a humiliating defeat for Vladimir Putin's forces. CBS's Chris Lipsey reports tonight on the cautious optimism inside Ukraine. After
5: nearly nine months held hostage by Russia, finally, tears of jubilation. With stunning speed, Ukrainian forces have recaptured Kherson. It was the only major city the Kremlin ever managed to hold. Today, it's rushing back into Ukraine's arms. With so much affection, it's slowing down Ukrainian soldiers, says lawmaker Oleksiy Goncharenko because they're being stopped by
6: Ukrainians. By Ukrainians, by just local people who are so happy to see our army liberating them that they're stopped with hugs and kisses and people uh, who are singing Ukrainian
5: anthem with Ukrainian flags. These are people who couldn't sing the Ukrainian anthem for many months. For many months, they could be killed for this. Russian forces destroyed the major bridge as they fled. And their artillery remains within close range. They're also known to leave booby traps in their wake, hiding landmines inside refrigerators and underneath mattresses. (laughs) Many civilians have already died from explosives, says this Kherson military official. But Ukraine is in no mood to lose momentum. So... This is a massive embarrassment for Russia. Oh, yes. It's too early to say that Ukraine won already the war. But we already can say that Russia lost the war. And remember, it was just over one month ago that Vladimir Putin illegally annexed Kherson. And he still claims the city is his. But tonight, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, says the city is ours. Nora?
2: Chris Livsay, thank you. Tonight, the cryptocurrency world is reeling after the meltdown of one of its most popular trading platforms. The exchange FTX filed for bankruptcy protection today as fallen crypto king Sam Bankman-Fried stepped down as CEO. CBS's Vladimir Dutier reports on this epic crypto collapse.
6: Tonight, a stunning crash. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried had become one of the richest men in the world. His net worth was more than $26 billion. It's now down to zero. Along the way, FTX had enlisted high-profile investors like Tom Brady and Steph Curry. With FTX, I have everything I need to buy, sell, and trade crypto safely. The company had a Super Bowl ad featuring Larry David.
5: It's a safe and easy way to get into
6: crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. Bankman fried graced the covers of magazines like Forbes and Fortune. He was the next big thing in the financial world. A wonderkin, now in freefall, leaving non-celebrity investors like Evan Luthor angry and stunned. I
0: thought it was very, very secure. I have lost almost a couple million dollars. So this is a very, very big lesson for me.
6: It's been a spectacular collapse for Bankman Freed. On Monday, he posted, FTX is fine. Assets are fine. By the end of the week, he was in full apology mode. I effed up and should have done better. All the withdrawals are stuck. I can't get the money out. Bitcoin is now worth nearly $17,000. A year ago, it was almost $65,000. The fallout of crypto has reverberated all the way to the White House amid calls for greater oversight.
4: The most recent news further underscores uh, these concerns and highlights why uh, prudent regulation of cryptocurrencies is indeed needed.
6: An industry that had boomed, especially during the pandemic, now facing a reckoning. Vladimir Dutier, CBS News, New York.
2: President Biden sounded the alarm at the U.N.'s climate change summit in Egypt today, warning it's more urgent than ever to boost commitments to fighting global warming. The president announced new rules cracking down on emissions of methane, a potent greenhouse gas, and pledged $100 million to help developing countries battle climate change. Tonight, COVID is raising its ugly head again ahead of a possible winter wave. The Carnival cruise ship Majestic Princess is docked in Sydney, Australia, with 800 people stranded on board after testing positive for COVID. This comes as hospitals across the U.S. are seeing a surge in patients suffering from the flu. Well, with less than two weeks to go before Thanksgiving, people are being urged to get their flu and COVID shots now. CBS's Omar Villafranca is in Fort Worth, Texas.
3: Tonight, the flu is already hitting hard. 22 states and Washington, D.C., all reporting high levels of activity. The hospitalization rate, the highest this early in the season in a decade. For Dr. Daniel Guzman, the one-two punch of RSV and flu cases has filled up his ER at Cook Children's Medical Center in Fort Worth. What are you seeing currently right now in the ER coming in for kids? In the last week, we've doubled the number of cases that we've seen in the ED from or the hospital uh, from 170 to almost 338 uh, flu patients. As hospitals and emergency rooms fill up, doctors are warning people to get vaccinated. Andrew Talbot, a Massachusetts teacher, got his COVID booster today before he travels to see his immunocompromised mother for the holidays.
1: I'm aware of the fact that there's you know, COVID that comes and goes in waves in the building. And especially
7: with her being on immunosuppression drugs, I didn't want to risk bringing anything home. But only
3: 10% of people five and older have received the updated COVID vaccine. And just 21% of adults say they've been vaccinated against the flu. You're protecting your entire bubble of of your family members, you know, those that are really old uh, to those that are really young. Uh, And so it's really important that we do as much as we can to help protect them. To stay safe this holiday season, experts advise get vaccinated. Consider a mini quarantine the week before you travel. Test before gathering. And if you feel sick, stay home. Is it too late to get the flu shot? Never too late to get a flu shot. I think we have to stress that it's an important thing to help protect yourself as well as everyone around you, that everyone goes out and get a flu shot. Dr. Guzman says while getting the flu shot won't prevent the flu, it could lessen the severity if you get it, which could keep you out of the emergency room and lessen the clogging of the emergency rooms and the hospitals. Nora?
2: Good advice. Omar Villafranca, thank you so much. Police in Ohio have released dramatic video of a dangerous suspect being captured inside a daycare center. We're going to have that story for you when we return.
8: This podcast is supported by FedEx. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle.
2: Police in Warren, Ohio, have released dramatic body camera video of a suspect being captured inside a daycare center. Some may find this video hard to watch. The suspect, wanted for assault, was running from police when he forced his way into the daycare center last week. With children and workers screaming in fear, an officer tried to tase the suspect before he tumbled into a playpen near several children and then was taken into custody. All right, coming up, CBS's Steve Hartman meets a veteran who is paying it forward through an act of true patriotism. We go on the road when we return. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road to visit an American hero who turned a single act of kindness into a mission to help
8: others.
9: Veterans Day was every day for 80-year-old Navy veteran Kenneth Jerry. To honor those who served, he used to visit this veterans park in Matomidai, Minnesota just about every morning, until his mobility scooter broke.
1: That was my life.
9: So once the scooter broke down, you could not get to the memorial? No, no. I was very sad, depressed, depression. And then all that changed? All that changed, believe me. It changed Um, after he met a stranger in a coffee shop. Her name is Amanda Klein.
8: Every moment you're talking with him, you feel like he cares about you and you want to know more about him. You know, it's just contagious.
9: And she says you can't help, but help him. So after she heard about the broken scooter, Amanda started an online fundraiser. And within days, oh my Kenny got a brand new one. Oh, here we go.
7: They presented me that scooter. Oh my goodness, I'll never forget it until the day I die.
9: Oh. And not just one scooter, oh, so... but a second super snazzy one. Oh my Kenny was set, but donations kept pouring in, and a guy can only use so many scooters. So he's now on a mission to take the kindness bestowed upon him and scoot it forward. Yeah. Over the last year, Kenny and Amanda have donated more than 50 mobility scooters to veterans in need. Thank you, Kenny. The latest a surprise for vietnam veteran dave anderson dave's disability was getting in the way of walks with his grandson but not anymore oh my this is for you this is for me what now you can do whatever you want mission accomplished but kenny's fight against immobility carries on that's my goal and it will be until the day i die is to donate scooters to Uh, Our servicemen and women. In the beginning, all Kenny wanted was a way to get down here to honor the fallen. God bless you, and rest in peace. But thanks to the kindness of strangers, he now has a way to honor the living, too. Steve Hartman, on the road, near St. Paul, Minnesota. Our
2: veterans never stop serving. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit gocoastguard.com to learn more. On this Veterans Day, the country pauses to honor all the men and women who have bravely served our nation to defend our freedoms, both here at home and abroad. November 11th was chosen to remember the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. World War I officially came to an end. To our veterans everywhere, from all of us here at CBS News, we thank you for your service, especially to my dad and my sister. That is the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night and have a great weekend.
7: The Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.